Welcome to the Kickstart Your Book Sales Podcast with USA Today bestselling authors Russell Nolte and Monica Lionel, where you'll learn how to supercharge your book sales, go aggressively wide, and take your author career to the next level. Okay, what's the next yeah. one, Monica? <laughs> I'm just looking at all these, the Q&A. Um, so some, there was the question about the Patreon stuff. Um, we don't know how it compares to Patreon. I would say it's um, the two platforms are really similar fan-based platforms. Um, so I would guess that it's probably kind of similar. Yeah, I would say that the people that are willing to buy on Patreon are also bu- willing to buy on Kickstarter and willing to buy, they're willing to buy on multiple mm-hmm. things. Like the question is, do you have someone who will be locked into a retailer or do you have someone who is wide and will follow you otherwise? Um, Patreon and Kickstarter are also very different platforms and Kickstarter is much more akin to what readers already do. So Kickstarter is basically you put a book up they pre-order it by pledging and then you send them a book and it's a discrete thing. So readers are generally more likely to do that than they are to do a monthly billing. So you're probably going to get more people doing, if you've already got some people on Patreon, those people are probably going to buy on Kickstarter and will buy for bigger amounts generally is that is, I can't like give you a like source material for that, but like, I do know that generally the same people that have Kickstarters and um, Patreons, those Patreon people do generally buy on the Kickstarter and then Kickstarter people will also buy. So you'll have more people that are interested because it's much closer to buying on a retailer. All right. And, and Kickstarter is a great way to um, test your reward tiers. So if something works really like if you have like a super popular reward tier on Kickstarter, like that could be a good foundation for your Patreon, um, you know, sure. so so something else to think about. OK, so um, do, do you want to answer more Q&A or do you want to? Are there more relevant ones? I'm, I'm happy to answer more. Questions. I haven't read them all. Um, uh, we can, yeah, so it's Kickstarter a way to uh, launch a first novel. I think that we, uh, I think that we covered this one um, for sure. We, uh, uh, but if you have more questions about that, then I'm happy to answer them. But yes, 100%. Yes. Um, What's your math to fund a given pledge level plus paying yourself, your company? What's the math to generate profit, not just cover expenses? Um, It's so we try to have, what is it like 10 times at this point? Like we try, like Monica has a formula and has a spreadsheet for how you would do this. Um, We try to at worst uh, have the cost be doubled by the reward tier. And we do that by infusing a bunch of stuff. Uh, Mainly though, it's a lot of digital experiential stuff that you would be able to add to increase the value of the pledge level without increasing the cost to, um, to fulfill it. But Monica, do you have a, yeah, uh, yeah. It's um, so basically the formula is like, um, so, so what I do is I list out all the items in the reward tier and um, what their prices are on a retailer. If, if there's a price or what their price will be on the retailer. So I list that all out. I put all that and see how much that is. So let's say it's a hundred dollars. So then I would bundle that reward tier and make it the $50 reward tier on the platform, because I want somebody to look at this and say like, Oh, this is about a hundred dollars worth of stuff. It's only $50 through this Kickstarter campaign. Um, and, and so really the only way to do that is to like have digital stuff included. Um, so that's what I do. And then I also make sure that, 
um, the cost for me to deliver that thing. So if it's a $50 reward tier, then the cost to deliver it, which includes shipping and fees and like everything like we, like Russell has like a list of seven things to budget for. Um, all of that, I wanted to be like a, about $25 to deliver. So a hundred dollars of value, $50 price, um, cost to deliver at $25 or less or less. less. Yeah. yeah. Less is great, but $25. And, and like, you know, if it's like, like some of those tiers, like, yeah, sometimes the cost to deliver is like $30, but I'm, I'm, I don't personally go over like about the 50% mark. And so hopefully, yeah, hopefully that helps. But, um, that I, I think that is why, um, our campaigns fund very, you know, like, like our reward tiers do pretty well. Um, and, and not every reward tier, reward tier nails it. So we also, we teach us in the program, but we talk about like cleaning out your reward tiers midstream and like adding new reward tiers and all that stuff. But, um, that's kind of advanced for this webinar. Yeah, so Yeah. And I, and I will say that like, it's also a lot of making sure your high-end tiers are like digital and a lot of digital parts because, you know, a $25 thing will probably cost you $10, $11 right. to ship, but like a $50 thing can also cost you $11 to ship. So like, you know, it's, it, it's, it's on the low end, it's a lot harder, but like, as you go up, how we package rewards together, uh, really, we try to focus on what are really cool digital experiences that you can get that don't cost any money or cost very little money. Maybe it's a, well, I don't want to say wallpaper background because like that's not yeah, a good yeah. one, but like something like that where like you have to might pay for like someone to draw it, but you don't have to actually like pay to deliver it. Or if you do have to pay to deliver it, it goes inside of the book. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think like if, if this question is like, yeah, this is really interesting, like you're going to like the program because there's like four videos about this and they're yeah. like really in depth about like the specifics of this. Um, so, yeah, ho hopefully that helps answer the question, though. Um, OK, uh, we have another question about which Tober. Um, sure. So Kickstarter often has prompts. So January they do make 100. Then they do then, and that's like an overall the 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 uh, overall all Kickstarter thing, which is like you basically have a one reward tier where you like make a, a, only a hundred of a thing, and then they have things that are specific to certain areas of the company, like uh, Zine Quest is one that's in the games community, and like it's it's usually it, and so like it's very specific there, um, and Witchtober is one that they that that is for October. It's it's promoting which specific projects, um, like a witch starter. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, which, it's called it's officially called witch starter. Yeah. Um, but we've been calling it Witchtober as well. Yeah. It's in October. <laughs> exactly. So it's basically the idea is you get tagged with a witchy thing, and then it helps people who like witchy things find the same thing. There's going to be a specific portal to like find those campaigns. And like, just it, what I like about it when they do the prompts, if I can, if I can do it, I always try to do it is that like, you're focused with other people who are also doing the same, which right. starter thing. Yeah. Um, so it's really good for cross swaps, but also like Kickstarter really likes people who participate in these as well. It's kind of um, yeah. what I was noting. So, so like, and, actually both Russell and I think both Russell and I are going to do one. I, I mean, yeah. I know I'm doing one. I think you've also decided to do yeah, one. I'm doing and one. And a bunch of people in our program are doing one. So we have decided that we will, um, 
at we're going to create our own promotions within the program so that we can uh, just bring more visibility to projects that are in our program, basically. Um, yeah, and absolutely. like I'm sure we'll cross swap and stuff too, but we're going to do some extra like um, audience building for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so uh, then Danny asks, sorry if you already answered, but what's the minimum lead time to have a successful 5K campaign? So we say you want four weeks after you launch your pre-launch campaign, your pre-launch page to build up to, to your launch. So it does depend on how big your audience is and how fast you can get to, let's say, 100 hundred uh, followers and what the, the specifics of your campaign is. Now, I've watched people do this in three days. We had th basically three days to, and we did 20 grand. So like, it's not <laughs> that you have to do that. There are a lot of reasons why you want to have those four weeks to like promote, but you could do it in seven days. Uh, we generally, what we have, and what we'll show you later is we have a, um, uh, a month for kind of onboarding uh, and like a month for like building your campaign. Um, a month, sorry, we have a month for like onboarding and like learning the system, a month for pre-launch, a month for running your campaign, and then a month for distribution of your campaign. And like those four are the four like pieces. And we like to, we like to give you a month to do it. I will say that I do it for four weeks. Uh, Danny, if you're still part of my mailing list, you'll probably see that every week I do like a different piece and we teach you how to do it in the, in the course. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like the minimum I mean, uh, you could just launch it zero days, uh, one day. You know, it really depends. Um, I think I think you need a month to learn the system, and like really like, uh, and so it's not overwhelming. Um, and for you to get all of your questions answered, generally, I think the first six weeks are very overwhelming to people because there's just like basically learning a new system, and it's thirty hours of content. You don't have to take all thirty hours. Um, yeah, but like. I would say you want two months before you launch to get to maximize your page design and then maximize your followers. But like, I, I mean, like I said, we had three days. Voila, yeah. we did the first one. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> that was my fault. Um, okay, so <laughs> there we go. Um, what about romantic <laughs> fantasy? Yes, uh, would that fall into fantasy? We had a couple of romantic fantasies that launched. I think they're probably in this presentation. And like they did, yeah. they, they both, I think one of them did like four grand. Another one did like close to that, maybe five grand as well. So like romantic fantasy, I think anything with paranormal elements is, mm -hmm. is like going to do better on Kickstarter right now. The things right. that are not doing as well as others are contemporary things. Right. Yeah. We, we've just seen like the contemporary um, cozy mysteries, thrillers and uh, like romance, especially sweet romance right now. And, and this is true across the board, basically. So right now, like if you have like really um, like, I guess I'll call it sexy or like um, steamy romance, then that is going to do better on like Patreon or Kickstarter or whatever, because you can have the NSFW um, you know, kind of like art behind the scenes. Like it's, it's kind of like, you can say like, you know, if you want to get like all the, you know, all the artwork and all the like dirty scenes and whatever, like you have to be behind the wall basically. So it's, it's kind of like this 
natural thing. So I do think like the sweet romance authors, they got to figure out like what that is for them. Um, that said, we have seen, you know, we had a coloring book artist. I think her thing is in this. Um, and she, she's also a novelist, but she did her campaign and she was very clear that like, she is tired of fantasy, like, like naked fantasy, um, stuff. So she wanted to do like a very, um, like a very like say I guess like a clean, like a fully clothed like, yeah clean and yeah. wholesome type of coloring book and that almost raised 10k so um so it's so. it's not that like there aren't clean and wholesome type you know readers and stuff on the platform I think that you know the those authors that, like like every author has like and every genre has the, like the limitations of the genre basically yeah and um, you then there's a follow-up about her romantic fantasy is not paranormal oh. which doesn't make any sense because like there's a, how how do you write I, I don't know how you have to you have to give me a follow-up because like if you have if you're writing fantasy there will be supernatural elements in the thing like there'll be dragons and monsters and like magic and and such so even if your two main characters are not paranormal like there are paranormal elements throughout a fantasy book otherwise i don't know how it would be called a fantasy book well okay so tell us a little bit more about your book so um we can get a better sense of your question yeah i'll let you uh i'll let you uh yeah put it in the comments meanwhile there's one more question if you already have a books released that vendors uh we're going to talk about that uh later but like yes there's all sorts of ways that you can do that. In fact, the next thing that we have, I think, is mm-hmm. uh, is, is on that. So let with that yeah. in mind, let us uh, move forward. Let's move forward. Okay, so the author, so the second type of author who should use Kickstarter is the author who has an audience. So this is one of um, our students, Daniel Potter. Um, he did this freelance familiars box set. So basically what it was, it was, um, they're called like slipcases uh, and they fit all his books in it. And so I think he also did it so that so he had five books released i believe um and and we have like a full interview with him on our um it's on our podcast it's on our youtube channel so you can get and you can go look at this page to get more info on it um but he had the five books already released i believed he put the um he put the sixth book into as like a new thing as part of this campaign and then the slipcase was like the thing um for his fans to buy um and so basically uh yeah this this campaign did really well it was almost 15k um yeah, and uh, yeah go ahead no i was gonna say yeah that's uh so here's one for audiences we are way behind so uh, <laughs> okay so uh, this is yeah this is tom's campaign kind of the same thing these books um this isn't his most popular series but these books you know he he, he had like a really he has a pretty good following on retailers and so he brought um this trilogy over and his next campaign is going to be his more popular series which is called the hundred halls um that he's kind of like known for um but again this campaign did you know two 200 backers uh 13k the other campaign was 190 backers is 14.5 um so just to give you a sense of like what what backer numbers you might need um and then this is the third one from justin um again he you know he hit about he just over 10k and i think he did kind of the same thing where he um i think it was he had like four of the books done and he did the fifth one um through kickstarter um and so i believe all of all three of these authors um were wide when they joined so this is kind of like the next slide um this 
Kickstarters for authors who are interested in wide and direct sales, um, but I believe all three of those authors were wide. And so that was one thing that we noticed is that authors who, in our group anyway, who are hitting over the 10K mark, um, a lot of them pulled the books from the, that series from KU during their campaign in order to be able to have those digital rewards in the campaigns. And I think it paid off for them. Um, We have had someone who didn't do that earlier this year. And the difference was like a very popular author was made like 2K instead of 10K. So you you have to do some math for yourself about what, like whether that's worth it, but you can still do audio and and paperback even if you don't do right. So yeah, you can totally do it if you're in KU too. And we have lots of authors who are hardcore KU and they still do their campaigns, but just know the limitations of that. Um, Okay. So we also have like a number of authors who are popular in the wide community. Um, So this is Amy's campaign. It's basically, um, so I think, I think the interesting thing about this is like, it's kind of a, you know, it's not a book that necessarily performs as well on retailers um, or it at least has a ceiling on retailers. Um, So this particular one, um, yeah, it's it's about like it's basically about pesticide. Um, it's it's like a uh what's what's yeah. it called like a western about pesticide. Um, well, so it's, it's just not you know. Yeah, and to go into to go into what you what you were talking about in just a slightly more detail, it's a yeah. lot of books that do well on Kickstarter or ones that don't do well on retailers. So like if you have a series, you have books that like aren't performing really well. I mean, if you look again, 82 backers, that's not a ton of backers, but probably very hardcore backers. Like that's almost $40 uh, a a person that they're raising from this, that they're not doing from uh, that, you know, would be paying $5 or maybe $10 on retailer. Uh, So, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, um, and I mean, it's definitely uh, something to think about when you're thinking about like, wow, I really wish this other book or this other book didn't take off. We have a lot of those things, like not generally a thing that we recommend when you go wide to like pick your least popular book to go wide with. But like on Kickstarter, if you have like a weird book that doesn't fit into a good genre, uh, that doesn't fit into a genre very well. Like Western is not a very popular genre, but like we've had two Western authors uh, uh, doing campaigns and they just killed it because yeah. like, like people that, if, because it's not a popular genre, those people really appreciate when you have a book and they're more willing to go and buy a, and, and walk and like go out there. If you have something that like doesn't hit every trope in like the, a specific genre on, on, uh, on Amazon, it becomes very hard to like, sell a book on Amazon because people are expecting those tropes. So you, you end up like being able to do a lot better with those books on Kickstarter. I, I, I definitely do better um, with the the weird books and like the single offs and the standalones than I ever would on, on, um, on right. retailers. Right. Right. The, if you want to join the accelerator, it's at um, kickstartyournovel.com slash buy. And so you can look at the sales page and you can come over to our group, Advanced Kickstarter Strategies for Authors. Um, It's a free group to join on Facebook. Um, Definitely feel free to come over and ask us questions if you have questions about the program. But um, otherwise, hopefully everything is um, listed at Kickstarter Novel. So, And I will tell you, uh, give a lot of thought to the direct sales accelerator because it's only a $200 add-on and we're planning once this once is out of beta to have it for like between a thousand and $3,000. So like you get in a lifetime access for just $200 if you take that upgrade. So uh, we'll talk about what the upgrade, what the direct sales accelerator is, but like, I just wanted to give you a, a chance, basically part three of our system.
cool. Um, okay. So this is, you know, these, we, we can go through these quickly. This is another author, Sarah, who she hit over, you know, over 6k. She's wide otherwise. And I think sometimes, you know, when people are wide, um, it can be, it, it can just, you know, it, it's good to have like a cash infusion, basically, especially if you're, if you're wide and like, you know, your books are performing like, okay, but they're not like hitting the tops of the charts. Um, this one is Craig, um, who's pretty, also pretty popular in the wide community. Um, and he, his book, you know, he had, he had a number of campaigns that did about $500, um, before this, but he applied our book and then he applied our course and this one did over 5,000, um, kind of, I don't want to say as a result, but like, again, we have a, we do have an interview with him, um, where he does basically say like, it was because of our book and our course that like, yeah, him. yeah. You can um, look at that for the same <laughs> for like, uh, but yes. And I've watched multiple of Craig's campaigns before this, where it was hitting 500. Right. And then this one, he said with the book, it hit 2000. And then with the course, it hit like almost 6,000. So just to give you a sense of even what the book can do by itself, but yeah. All right. Um, it's also for authors who want to make more money on their backlist. So um, a couple. Oh, so this is Jamie Davis. So probably people know him from um, the 20 books group. Um, but basically, he just took like his backlist. Um, he did these limited hardcover editions. This is a, a very popular campaign in our group. Um, it's just to do like some hardcovers. Um, but he did this and he made another 6,400 on it, basically from 100 people. Um, so you can take you know, stuff that, uh, yeah, it's, is like, it's still performing on a retailer. And I don't think it took anything like everybody we talked to about this, you know, people worry like, Oh, is it going to affect my retailer sales? And it basically never does. Like this is all extra money. Um, at least right now with where, uh, the readership is, um, it seems like, you know, a lot of it's new readers or it's like super fans who are just willing to give you more money basically, um, for the same, either the same book or for more books or whatever it is. Um, this is Mal's campaign. Yeah. So um, this is a really, this is really uh, the other way that people are doing this, which is to take a book that is an anniversary book, three years, five years, 10 years, whatever, a book that may be not selling that great, or maybe just needs a refresh or something. And, and, um, and, and putting it in here. So like, this is a special edition hardcover that she's doing. Uh, and as you can see, 13,000 additional dollars for this book that's been out for 10 years. Right. Um, so there's a question here. Have you had people follow the program as close as possible and not make money from Kickstarter? Um, like they have a hundred percent success rate. As yeah. I will say, as far as I know, I, 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 like I track everything that launches in the, everything that I can, I actually missed a couple of these ones. So I have to go back and do that. But like I, every morning I go in and I look for everything that is live and as far as I know, uh, we had one person cancel their campaign like the third day of the campaign, which I, I we still don't really understand. But aside from that, we've had a hundred percent success rate, and probably that person would have been successful if they kept going um, because it was so early in the campaign. Uh, right. So uh, we now like usually we have we used to see an average of about a thousand to two thousand. As I mentioned, we're closer to like. 
three to five thousand now for most probably campaigns. Probably our average, yeah. Uh, but uh, and, and and we're not saying that there will not be people that like will like we have not seen it yet. We have because we're using basically best practices, Kickstarter approved practices, are my own tricks that I've used in all of my campaigns. Like and then and we've stacked a lot of the stuff that we learned from direct sales onto Kickstarter. So like we haven't seen it. Um, as long as your goal is not ten grand, uh, as right. long as you can do what we say about like the the funding levels, like you are going to fund and make money. As far as we know, however, like I said, there could be an edge case that just hasn't launched, that like has not funded. But again, we haven't seen it. Yeah. So I mean, I, yeah, the answer is. No, like, and and when we see a campaign struggling, um, we do what we can to help, whether it's um, adjusting stuff, like even, even just like, like, kind of like if, um, well, if Russell backs the campaign, it gets sent out to like all his followers. Uh, so sometimes we'll, we'll just do that. Um, but, but uh, I mean, the other thing is like the community is so great. Um, people will be like, oh, let me swap with you. or I'll, I'll put you in my newsletter or like all sorts of stuff too. So that's really helpful. Um, yeah, and that's part, and I think that's for someone that's new to Kickstarter, like the community is really the thing that is exceptional about our course. I mean, I think the course is exceptional, but get me wrong. We like the thing you can't find or get by just reading the book is, um, is, uh, is that like community of people who are motivated and all have audiences and, you know, a lot of them are small audiences, but like you put a hundred small audiences together. If you swap with a bunch of them and you cross promote with a bunch of them, like that adds up being like very powerful, especially if you're making 25, 50, $75 every time someone backs the campaign. Yeah. And some of them are not small audiences. Like we have, I, we actually have like a, a plethora of six figure authors in our yeah. thing, um, including ourselves. But like, um, yeah, we have we have people who do have um, bigger audiences, but they're just as you know, just as happy and generous as anyone else in the yeah. in the program. So, um, yeah, this is the third one. It's a special edition hardcover book. Vampire Girl was like, um, this is Karbovkin raids. Um, and sorry if you're hearing that ding. I don't know that must be coming from my computer. Um, so, but this is, this book has been out for years, um, it, but they're doing like a really, they're, they're adding like a little bit of an extra story and they're doing a cool campaign um, during Witch Starter as well. Thank you so much for hanging out with Monica and Russell on the Kickstart Your Book Sales podcast. If you found this episode helpful, make sure to visit kickstartyourbooksales.com slash free to download our best resources to help supercharge your author career and take it to the next level starting today.